Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth has created the Redoc Patient Portal, which helps you maintain strong relationships with your patients. It provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients for video conferencing for telehealth, secure messaging, sharing documents and photos, and it allows your patients to have 24-7 secure on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. So basically, the Redoc Patient Portal helps save you time and improve your relationships with your patients. So it is a win-win. To learn more, contact NetHealth at Redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at NetHealth.com. Now, on to today's episode, I'm really happy to have my good friend and fellow physical therapist, Dr. Stephanie Wyrock, back onto the program. So she is employed as a physical therapist at Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine Centers in Orange, Connecticut. She received her doctorate in physical therapy and master of science in clinical investigation from Washington University in St. Louis. She has served as a consultant for a multi-billion dollar company to develop a workplace injury prevention program which resulted in improved health outcomes, OSHA recordables, and decreased health costs for the company's workforce. She has served on multiple task force for the APTA and actively lobbies for healthcare policy issues at the local, state, and national levels of government. She currently serves as the vice president of the uh, APTA for Connecticut and is a member of the American Congress for Rehab Medicine. She is the co-host of the Healthcare Education Transformation podcast, which focus on innovations in healthcare, education, and delivery. And if you know Stephanie, then you have certainly heard her on this podcast, as she has done a lot of guest hosting here as well. So in today's episode, what we're going over today is how to create and stick to a budget. So as many of you know, I've created the Strictly Business Private Practice Mastermind for physical therapists wanting to Uh, improve their current private practice or create their own cash-based private practice. And last week, we were going over the foundational systems you need for your business, one of which is your financial system. It is a huge system. We have to know how we're going to collect our money, where we're going to put our money, how we're going to pay our bills, et cetera, et cetera. So I said that I follow Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, which is just an amazing book and it has changed my life. Um, and as we were having our mastermind session, uh, we were talking about budgeting and I could think of no better person than I know than Stephanie to talk about how to create and keep a budget. So that's what we're talking about in today's episode. So uh, Stephanie shares her experience in paying off student loans and still enjoying her lifestyle. So for a lot of you new grads, I know this is a huge deal. Uh, The budgeting tools you need to manage your expenses. Why an accountability partner helps keep your budgetary goals on track. And how to incorporate pro bono work into your practice, which all kind of fits into your budget, right? So we talk about your personal budget, your business budget. So 
If you are one of those uh, newer grads, you have a lot of loans to pay off, listen to this because Stephanie shares some really, really great tips on how to stick to your budget. I'm really excited to listen to this because I have always been impressed with the way that Stephanie and her husband, Dylan have been able to create their life and their budget and it's still full and they get to do the things they want to do and go where they want to go, um, all while maintaining a budget and all while they both have student loans. So um, what I'll do first is it's for people in the group who aren't familiar with you, Stephanie, um, just talk a little bit more about yourself and then we'll talk about how you set your budget and what kind of framework you follow. Well, thanks, Karen, for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about this because um, having uh, running a budget is something that was really hard for me to do for a long time. I wasn't really raised to think about money growing up. So it's not, when I went through PT school, I just got my student loans and spent my money as I saw fit and didn't really think about my money. Um, but when I went out, so I'm, I'm Stephanie Wyrock. I'm a physical therapist here in Orange, Connecticut. I work at a private practice called Physical Therapy and Sports Medicine Centers. Um, and uh, I do a little bit of consulting work um, privately through, for different companies to try to help with uh, occupational medicine and try to prevent any type of injury work, injuries that happen in the workplace. So that's kind of my background a little bit. But um, when I went, to, when I graduated from PT school and went to my first job, and at the time I was working in Minnesota, my student loans were becoming due. And my husband is a physician, so he has a lot of student loans as well. So uh, at the time, total, we had pretty close to $300,000 in student loans, so quite a bit. And when my student loans were coming due and my boss hands me this little application for my 401k and like all these other very adult things, I just, I panicked and I was like, I don't even know what a 401k is. I don't know how I'm going to pay my student loans. My husband was in medical school at the time. So I was the only one working and my boss was just like, hold on. He's like, it's okay. I, I can help you. And so he handed me this book called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and I read it, and it changed my life. It changed the way that I thought about money, it changed the way that I handled money, and it really empowered me to pay off my student loans and to not be afraid of debt, to basically conquer debt. So that's kind of the background behind it. In the book, and also on his podcast, The Dave Ramsey Show, he talks about how to manage a budget and how to set up a budget and how to stick to a budget. So the app that I use is called Every Dollar. It's free. You can download it on you can download it on um, I, on Apple on Apple or Android. It kind of looks like this. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of set up. You can put in how much money you make, and also what your expenses are for the month. Basically, it's very easy to use. You can use it on your phone or your computer. And so um, I started using that. Um, at the time, I w we were a one-income household. I did pick up an extra job in a skilled nursing facility because my goal was I didn't want to accumulate any more debt. So my goal was to try to make enough money and save enough money that we could pay for my husband's last year of medical school, which he went to an in-state school. So his tuition was $25,000, which is very cheap, I think, by medical school standards. Um, and we were able to cash flow that entire year of medical school just off of the extra job that I was working at at the skilled nursing facility. So every month, basically what I do is I go into the app 
Before the month starts, I put in how much money I'm expected to make. Now, one of the things that happens when you're in private practice, especially if you're starting out, is you may not know exactly how much you're going to make. And so it's hard to put in your budget like, oh, I'm going to make, let's say, as Karen was talking about in the last course, you know, paying yourself by, let's say, bi-weekly bi or bi-monthly, bi um, I'm going to make $2,000 this next two weeks. Like, you can't necessarily do that. In Dave Ramsey's book, he has a sheet that you can use that lays out how you can do a budget based off of an income that fluctuates. I've never had a fluctuating income, so I've never used it, but he talks all about that in his book and it's very easy to follow. His, he also talks about that if you are in debt and you're trying to pay off your debt, there's a certain amount, or certain, certain things you need to pay first. So food, shelter, lights, those are like the main things that you need to make sure that you focus on first. And then um, also uh, the next thing would be like clothing. If let's say you're, you need to buy clothing for some reason. I have really don't buy a lot of clothes, so I don't necessarily have to worry about that. And then after that, it comes your debt and any other miscellaneous things. So in this budget, you set up your income. If you are planning on giving any of your money away and like doing some charitable giving, that's something that he puts in there. If you're saving any money, there's a section for that. So then you can set aside how much money you want to save. And then for housing, in my budget, I have my rent, electricity. I put my cell phone because that's my phone bill in there, my internet, and then my laundry. So those are like the five budget items that I have in there. And then in that month, I set how much money I'm going to spend. And he thinks of a budget not necessarily as a restriction, but permission for you to spend your money. So like throughout the month, if let's say your needs change, you can kind of rearrange how much money you're putting aside. So let's say for um, transportation, I need, let's say I'm, I'm taking my car because I'm going to drive to a couple of patients, patients' houses. But this month, most of my patients are within a two mile radius of me. They're not far away. So I don't have to drive as much. So at the beginning of the month, I thought maybe I have to drive more. So let's say I said $100 for my gas and auto budget. But now I'm realizing I don't need that much. So what I could do with that is, let's say I only need $50. So that extra 50 that I'm saving, I could potentially move to, let's say my savings. Or if I have debt that I need to pay, I can move it down towards my debt. So you're giving yourself permission to spend that much money per month. The next item, line item is food. So I have groceries and then I have, we have a section for restaurants. So if we want to eat out. Now, with the pandemic, one of the things that was kind of nice about the pandemic is we weren't eating out nearly as much, but our grocery bill went like way up. So I noticed that we were, we've been spending a ton more money on groceries, and I think it's mostly because food has gone up. But um, So I had to adjust our budget based on that. Now this, this month, we're, you know things are starting to open up a little bit more here in Connecticut, and Dylan and I really haven't been able to go out and eat very much. And so now we're trying to put a little bit more money towards our restaurant budget because we want to enjoy that experience since we haven't had it for so long. So typically I set aside maybe $150 a month for restaurants, but this month we like doubled that just because we haven't hardly eaten out at all in so long. So again, it's permission to use your money in the way that you think is going to be good for that month. And then there's a, 
uh, a section for lifestyle. So I put like my subscriptions in there. So my Peloton subscription and my Netflix subscription. And then I have a vacation with my mom, hopefully coming up. And so I've been, you know, buying some hotels and stuff for that. So I've been putting that under that. And then this one's going to be big if you're in private practice, insurance and taxes. So there's another section for that. So if you have your, let's say it's the month where you have to pay your quarterly taxes, or let's say instead of saving all this money and doing it in one month, you divide it up into three months. Well, then you can kind of equally divide that from month to month. And then that way you're not forgetting to pay it. And then, of course, the last line item is debt. And so putting how much money you're going to be spending towards your debt that month. That month. And then what happens is it will take, it'll give you like a picture and a graph of how much you're spending. So let's see if I can um, bring that up. So, so basically this is my debt and how much I spend this, this past 12 months on different things. So you can see that most of what I've been spending has been on my debt. So okay. the green is debt on that? The green, the light, this light green color, this big one, yeah. that's all how much money that I've spent on debt this, this year, so far this year. Wow. So you, can, so you have like graphs that you can even look at to see what you're doing. So, you know, Karen had mentioned the other day that Deal and I have paid a lot on debt and we have, since I've been on this budget, I have been dedicated to becoming debt-free. And our goal has been to be debt-free in a total of seven years. So right now we're on year four of that. And um, within those four years, we've paid off $150,000 of debt, which is a lot. And that includes the cash flowing of Dillon's Medical School, plus our move that we had to cash flow from North Dakota to here in Connecticut. So, um, I'm not saying it's easy. Like, I'm not saying I live a luxurious life at all, but I would say that I definitely, like Karen said, I'm able to like go, I'm able to go, well, before the pandemic, I'm able to go to New York City like once a month and see Karen and like hang out with my friends. But I plan for that every month. And if something comes up where I'm not able to do that, then I just have to make sure that I don't do it. And so it takes discipline, which you're all in private practice and you've started your private practice. So you obviously are all disciplined individuals. I will say that when you're managing a budget too, it always helps to have a partner who will keep you accountable. I am a spender and Dealand is a saver. And so if I had my choice, I would probably go over our budget every month. But Dealand is very good at saying, now Stephanie, do we really need that? And I... Um, fortunately must admit many times no so having an accountability partner is really important if you're in a private practice that accountability partner can be your spouse or your partner or it can be your business partner or it could be a trusted friend so having maybe you guys are both managing budgets at the same time and you can kind of be each other's encourager um, so that is something that's how I run our budget it is Definitely, I definitely don't live a very luxurious lifestyle, but I wouldn't say that I'm just sitting at home eating ramen noodles all the time either. So I'm able to put, and most of, most of the money that we spend every month goes towards debt. So I, I probably, probably half of our budget each month goes towards debt. But that's just because we are dedicated to making sure that we, we um, are become debt free within the next 
four years. So, yeah, and and there may be people on here who have no debt, and Which so don't awesome. Right. And so that part of the budget in the app, I mean, how wonderful if you don't have student loan debt, maybe you have credit card debt and you're putting something towards that each month. But I think if you don't have, if you're past the student loans or you didn't have to have, you didn't have to take out any student loans, then you can certainly take that money that would go to debt. It would be substantially smaller if we're just talking about credit cards. And you could say, you know, I'm going to dedicate it to X, Y, Z. Now, what happens, oh, quick question. So what was the Dave Ramsey book? I put two books. One was The Total Money Makeover and the other is Complete Guide to Money. I put them both in the comment section here, but where was the one that said he had like, um, that that's The Total Money Makeover. Okay, The with, Total Money Makeover. With the, variable, but with the variable income, yep, that's at the very back of it. And you okay. can just copy and, I mean, I'm sure that there's a copy of it too on the internet. You could Google it and it's probably yeah. there. Okay, great. Yeah, I think that for me, I look at, you know, this um, taking care of your budget. I think a big part of it is writing everything down, right? It's the same way when we say to our patients to keep a journal or a law, an exercise log, or if you've ever done Weight Watchers, you have to write everything that you eat using Weight Watchers. This is kind of the same thing, it sounds like, this app and your really having to write everything down each month is definitely keeps you accountable, but also gets you into the habit of doing it. Yes. And I definitely agree with that. And you know, the other thing too, that Dave Ramsey talks about in his book is he has these specific baby steps that you work towards to building wealth. So obviously I think all of our goals someday is to be financially stable and successful, right? Mm -hmm. So even utilizing his principles towards your business, I think is really important, especially because look at what happened to us during this pandemic. I mean, 80% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck yep. and a lot of us needed PPP loans and like some people's businesses just weren't prepared for this. So in his book, he talks about like having a small, um, a small uh, uh, savings, like emergency fund you know, paying off debt so that you can become debt free would be the next step after that. And then saving three to six months of expenses. And I, and you know, after this pandemic, one of the things I think I've learned is having that six months expenses saved is like so important. And notice that it's six months of expenses, not six months of your monthly budget, but expenses. So then when you have an emergency, like something that you just can't even control, like you feel more in control, you're able to maybe provide more for your employees or if you, you know, or even your help your patients out a little bit more, pay your bills. And then the last three steps, which if you're a business owner, I mean, it's pay for kids college, which you don't have to worry about that as a business owner, but um, pay off your mortgage. So if you have a brick and mortar practice, paying that off. And then the last one would be to give charitable giving. And if there's one thing I think physical therapists are really good at, it's giving to charity, i.e. giving out our services for free sometimes. So, I mean, at that point, when you're in that point in the baby steps, like you hypothetically are set enough that potentially you could do some like pro bono work with your business, which would then put your business on the map as being a very solid community practice as well. So, I mean, I think a lot of the day-to-day -day principles that he talks about in the Total Money Maker that's meant for day-to-day -day stuff could easily be applied to business. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with more budget talk.
This episode is brought to you by NetHealth, helping you maintain strong relationships with your patients. The Redoc Patient Portal provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. Conduct virtual visits and have follow-up conversations with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. Patients have 24-7 secure, on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. Video conferencing for telehealth, secure messaging, share documents and photos, and view health information and appointments. To learn more, contact them at redoc at nethealth.com. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the pro bono because a question that Gina had was, how do you decide on that pro bono? How does that fit into the budget? How, what kind of a sliding scale do you use and how do you do that if you are a private practice? How, what kind of sliding scale are you using and how do you decide what to charge? And, you know, I say like I have a real frank discussion with the individual patient. And if they say, you know, listen, I, I really need the help. If they were referred to me from another therapist who they were seeing using their insurance and they say, you know, so-and-so says you're the best person, you're best equipped for this. This is what I can afford. Can you do it? And because I'm, my business is at that point now where I don't, I can, I'm able to offer that kind of service. Then I say, yes, I can do it for this price. You know, so that's kind of how, and, and it's also depends on like, If the person, if I have to travel an hour and a half to get there and an hour and a half back, then it might not be best, which in which case I'm happy to find them someone that will work for them. So I think when you're looking at the pro bono cost, if you're traveling to patients, you have to look at your travel time. You have to look at how that's going to cut into your uh, overall budgeting and your overall um, key performance indicators, which we'll have a whole other talk about KPIs. but I think the bottom line is you have to know how much, how much does your business need per month to be able to do everything you just said, right, Stephanie, to be able yes. to keep the lights on, to have shelter, to have, so how much does your business need each month just in expenses? Have you met that goal? Then how, are you able to pay for your insurance and your taxes, which I would say go into just the sheer expense of running the business. Yes, I would agree with that too. So that's the sheer expense of running the business. Do you need another new fancy gym equipment or this, that, and the other thing? No, right? So if you can forego that to maybe help someone else at a pro bono rate or at a reduced rate, then my, my inclination is to forego the fancy new treadmill and to, to treat the person that needs it. Um, right. so, so I think how you decide what that pro bono rate is, I think depends on the person in front of you. Um, and you could say, you know, or you can ask, ask around and just say, hey, listen, this is what other physical therapy uh, practices are doing. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is what the least amount I can charge so that I break even. And I think people understand that. So I think when you're thinking about what's the lowest charge you can give to someone, that would be it. Or you can go perfectly free. If you can say, you know, I can treat, I can do one session free per week and I'm still, you know, in the, in the green and I'm not in the red, then go for it, you know? But I think you have to know how much you can make to keep your company in the green and then you can decide, well, this would be my lowest pro bono charge. And then if someone comes in who's really, really of need, or you're 
volunteering through an organization or something like that where you're treating someone for free, then, you know, I think in my opinion, I think that's the best way to go about it. I'm sure there's some legal aspects around that. But from what I can tell and in speaking with lawyers, they, they say it's, it's your rate. You know, you just have to be clear about what it is. Yeah. How about you, Stephanie? Where you, where you are, do you have a pro bono rate? Yeah, so uh, typically our pro bono rate is like $40 per session is what we'll do, but we are flexible. I mean, again, our practice, um, my, luckily my boss, he's been an amazing leader throughout all of this. We didn't have to fully lay off any of our physical therapists, and we have five physical therapists. But we were very strategic with how we worked and when we worked. And so we've had that freedom from kind of how we've been running our practice to allow for us to sometimes even treat patients where they pay like $10 for a session. So, I mean, it varies from situation to situation. Some things that we consider is how dedicated is, is the patient? Is this a patient that's actually going to come to therapy or is this a patient that's going to flake out on us? Because we don't want to save them a spot and then they not show up consistently. Also, um, we've had instances where we've had maybe some, um, in, where we thought the insurance was one thing and it came out somewhere else. And so we ended up using the visits that we were given and the insurance company won't give them any more visits, which is a mistake on our part. So we always want to do, we always want to do right with any mistakes that we make. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that is another thing that we'll consider. Or um, sometimes we'll, if we have a Medicare patient that can't afford their copay, you know, we'll exchange services in other ways, you know, whether it be like they come in and maybe fix something in our clinic and then we exchange that with our services. Yeah. Bartering. Yeah. Bartering. Yeah. Bartering. Yeah. So it, we're, we've been able to be flexible um, but again, we've built up our practice enough. We've been in business now for over eight years and we're well established in the community that we are able to do that. If you're starting out, you may not be able to do it right away, but you can work up towards that as you start to manage your money and start to make a profit. Yeah. 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 Thanks for that um, example. And I, I think that you'll find that in most physical therapy practices, they have a pro bono rate, they work with people, they're flexible. Every practice I've ever been in, the owners have been super flexible because in the end, we're all in the business of getting people better. And sometimes that business maybe doesn't yield a profit of $200 per person, maybe sometimes it's 10. But if our business is to get people better, then that's what we wanna do. And I will also say this, just because that person, let's say your, your uh, patient is, needs that pro bono care, they can't, it doesn't mean that they don't know people who they will scream to the rooftops of how wonderful you are and how great you were and how easy you were to work with to a lot of their friends or to their communities. And then all of a sudden you're bringing in more business because you, you did a good thing. So right. don't discount that. And perhaps, you know, that person can be the stellar um, Google review you need. They can be that video testimonial on your website. They can be that written testimonial on Yelp or on your website. So these are all ways to like incorporate your pro bono services by saying, hey, listen, we're happy to do this. If you're pleased with your service, if you feel better, we would love for you to uh, put up a, a thing on Google or or put up a review on Google or Yelp or on our website if you're comfortable doing that. 
Right. Yep. I totally agree with that. That's another great way. So that's bartering, right? It's the same thing as, like I said, uh, what the other night talking about lead magnets. Yep. You know, put something out there that people can use. They then give you their email, and all of a sudden, you've made this really fruitful transaction for the both of you. And yeah. hopefully that's what that pro bono type of situation can do. So just know, always think there's always ways to leverage um, to leverage a visit that has nothing to do with money. That's right. So, all right. So let's, Stephanie, let's talk about if you would like to sort of wrap it up on the big budget issues that people need to be aware of. And I also put, just so people know, I also put every dollar, the app in the um, comments as well. Perfect. Um, so I would say that the first thing that you need to know is you need to stick with the budget. I mean, there's no point in having a budget. If you How do you stick with it? Don't stick with it. Accountability partner, I think is key. Having somebody there that will keep you accountable. I, I mean, you're in private practice. You're probably a very accountable person, but it's still good to have somebody there that asks, that says, do you really need that this month? Or are you sure that this is what, you're, what you wanna spend on this specific line item? So having the accountability, I think, is the key. And sticking to your budget is the absolute key. Um, I think that if you, allow, if you allow yourself to go over your budget, and you're like, oh, it's just one month, that develops bad habits. You just gotta break all your bad habits right now and that budget is like your gospel. You need to have a monthly budget meeting with your staff, if you have a staff. If you don't have a staff, if it's just you, with your accountability partner and say, this is what I'm gonna spend. You know, I have a little bit of extra money that I can spend it on. What, what should I spend it on? Should I spend it on my charity work? Should I spend it on my debt? Should I spend it on getting new equipment? And have that accountability partner help you with those decisions if you want somebody to help you. But at least they can be there to basically ask you those questions of, is this really necessary? Mm -hmm. I think that's, if you can stick to your budget, you will feel so much better about your business. You will be less stressed. Like Karen said, you will feel like you've been like, you, you have all this extra money because you know where all your money is. And the reason that the every dollar app is called every dollar is because you give every dollar a name. You don't have any extra money floating around in your budget. You put it where it goes for that month. The other thing is, is that to think of the budget as permission to spend money versus being super strict with it. So you still have the bulk amount of money that you're spending that you, that you have for the month. But, you know, if you notice, again, like let's say you don't have to drive as much, you can take that extra money that you would typically spend driving and put it towards a different line item. But just make sure that your, your budget always adds up to, always totals zero dollars. You have nothing left. Everything is going to something in the budget and it has a name. Your budget is your baby. You would not name your baby nothing. <laughs> well, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great point. And even if that money is savings, right? It goes, yep. that has a name. So it's yep. not just a nothing thing. I'm just going to leave it in the bank. It's going somewhere every month. I love that. All right, so we have stick with it. Don't break it. Give it a name. Anything else? And just accountability partner. Accountability partners, yeah. 
All right. Well, this was great, Stephanie. And I hope that people, uh, this gives everyone an idea of, uh, of having a good starting point, downloading the app, maybe reading the book. Uh, like I said, um, again, to repeat the names of the to repeat the name of the book, The Total Money Makeover by Dame, Dave Ramsey and everydollar.com or every dollar app. Um, and in there, it also has in the book, like Stephanie said, it also has information for people who don't have that steady every two week paycheck. But if you're an entrepreneur, it gives you ways in order to kind of work around that as well. And if you do end up, if you guys are podcast listeners, if you download the Dave Ramsey Show podcast, a lot of his podcast focuses on entrepreneurship and on business ownership. And so he has a lot of really great advice on running a business and budgeting for a business. His, the, the budget that I talked about is more of, it can be both used as a personal budget or a business budget, but he does talk a lot about business ownership in his podcast as well. So I would definitely recommend checking that out if you have extra time and want something to play in the background. It's a good podcast to listen to in the background. Like you don't have to sit there and like, mm -hmm. you know, like learn from it. It's just kind of there and it's pretty, he's a pretty entertaining guy. Yeah. I took one of his, uh, it was like a longer course, um, a couple of years ago. Um, so I still have all of the materials and everything mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, he's very entertaining and he knows what he's doing and it works. And I will say, you know, you can have a personal budget and a business budget. You don't have to have just one. You can have personal, you can have business. And then you'll know exactly where literally every dollar in your business and every dollar in your personal life is going. And like I said at our, on our talk, you know, after reading Profit First from Mike Michalowicz, I just found it amazing of like, yeah, I know now where every dollar is going to. So now that I know where every dollar is going to in my big buckets, I can now use this to see where it goes to the very last dollar. Right. Yeah. And like I said, when you do a budget, it's amazing how much extra money you have. And you're like, wow, I didn't know I had all this money. What was I spending on before? Right. What kind of nonsense was I doing before? Um, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's one thing that I have to tell you after uh, instituting Profit First, I was like, the hell was I doing? Like, seriously, what was I doing before? Because I have so much like more money and savings. I don't have to worry about paying taxes. Everything's awesome. Like, what was I doing? I can't explain it. Um, but, but now it's like, yeah, now I get it. Now I understand. And I feel like, um, you know, like you said, oh, this is a grown up thing. Oh yeah. It's so, oh, I was like adulting hardcore when I learned this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's great. And now Steph, before we jump off, where can people reach out to you or find you social media um, if they have questions? So I'm on Facebook, Stephanie Wyrock, or you can find me on Instagram or Twitter at thesteph21. And I'm available on any of those platforms. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks for indulging us, at least here in the Northeast on a very rainy, very rainy Saturday. Um, uh, to talk about setting your budget, sticking to your budget, and creating more wealth from the money you're already taking in. So Stephanie, thank you so much. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Well, a big thank you to Stephanie for sharing all of her tips and tricks on how to maintain and create, create and maintain a budget. 
And of course, thank you to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. So again, if you want more information on the Redoc Patient Portal, which provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients, you can conduct virtual visits and have follow-up conversations with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. And patients have 24-7 secure on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voicemail messages. So to learn more, go to redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at nethealth.com. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.